Hey everyone, welcome to Smash Trivia. I'm your host, Smash Trivia John. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram by searching Smash Trivia to follow everything happening with me. I'll be the one with the big old green head in the profile picture. So excited to get into this. This is the Gamma Analysis. Basically, in this series, I'm going to review everything Hulk, all the movies, TV shows, and I also do random other geeky films. Occasionally, not so geeky ones too. And I also like to mix things up once in a while by not reviewing anything. Hope you enjoy Smash Trivia Presents The Gamma Analysis. I want to ask everyone listening if they can please do sign for me. Please share the hell of this podcast with all your friends. If you don't, Hulk will be angry. Now that we have all of that important stuff out of the way, let's smash right into this episode. <laughs> Hello, my Gamma friends. Today I'm joined by uh, Keith. Hey, how you doing, Keith? I'm doing good, John. How you doing? I'm doing good, too. Uh-oh. We're going to review the Alice in Discoland episode of the 70s Hulk TV show. Um, This is an episode that uh, that deals with a very real subject uh, of alcoholism. Uh, um, um. So if anyone is uh, anyone is not comfortable with listening to conversations about that, uh, this might not be the episode for you to listen to. Very true. Uh but uh, but though I don't think the episode deals with the uh, deals with that in the best way because I don't think it's that easy <laughs> and quick to be able to get over it. Very true. But I did. Uh, uh, but I thought. Uh, but I thought. It was uh, I I I thought it was a really cool episode. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I had both uh, uh both. I think it's cool that they were willing to deal with such a uh, a serious topic. And I also just thought it was a fun episode in general. I th- the uh, it, it being set at a disco. Uh, oh, I thought was a really cool thing. That uh, and the you know we we talk a lot on the sh- on here about um how. A lot of times, uh, when it really feels like the seventies, it's is because it's it's aged really poorly. I think this is one time where a feeling like the seventies is a fun aspect of it. One hundred percent, yeah. When you when you think of the phenomenon, music phenomenon like disco, it's kind of like okay, this is this is very lived in. This is this is reminding me that this show came from you know nineteen seventy seven and seventy eight. But it's not uh, in a bad way because it's a period piece at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this and the I was going to say it first because um, you, you reached out to me and said that you really like really enjoyed this episode. And I was nervous in watching it today thinking, oh, I hope I I hope I like it, too, kind of thing. And and I, I want to know what he likes about it. And I got about 10 minutes in and I was really worried that I wasn't going to enjoy it because of just Alice's acting in general uh, at her first yeah, like yeah, halluc- hallucinating like uh, uh, episode that she was having from withdrawal, um, which is a very strong reaction to have after one day of not drinking. She would be like unable to dance if she was that kind of drinker. <laughs> but but um, the episode kind of washed over me over time and and it, the plot thickened quickly enough after that that it wasn't uh, about just that uh just going to rehab um there was this whole you know villainous plot line with the 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 boyfriend and Jack McGee and everything yeah so that that was made it a lot cooler um 
But then, the, yeah, it reminded me of all these different sitcoms and like after school special dramas and stuff I grew up with where there was always an episode, at least one episode, cautioning people not to drink uh, and the varying degrees of drama, drama that that was uh, portrayed with uh, over the years. Uh, it, it, it took me back. It was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very exaggerated very exaggerated but oh, it took yeah. me back no <laughs> I, I will say i i think uh, i think how david goes about things in this episode is not exactly a good way to deal with it because you're because uh, with any kind of addiction forcing someone to go cold turkey is not the way to go that's exactly. a really bad way to do it yeah and I was conflicted. I was glad in the end because I was watching it with my wife and we both turned our heads and were thinking that Alice is wrong about it being, oh, if she goes to the club and dances, they've stopped selling to minors. At least they, they stopped for a little bit. Um, she's not going to get any alcohol. And we were like, it's not about the the, the environment. It's about the, the person and what they're going through. I'm glad that David touched on that. Because mm-hmm. that is important for for alcoholics to hear mm-hmm. is that a it's not a weakness it's an illness uh, and he does say that and then b uh, that every room is going to be a problem uh, mm-hmm. as long as you're in it if you're the one who can't face that you're the problem type of thing or that it's in you so yeah it's it it's an interesting way to look at it but I also think going cold turkey a person who doesn't want to go to an environment that they regularly drank at they shouldn't have to. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and to be honest, I think they did not create early in the episode a big enough feel that she is uh, she loves dancing for it to, uh, uh for David to be like you love dancing you uh, and, and you got to do this this isn't uh, and so and uh, you got to force yourself to go to this place uh is that you don't want to uh. uh because uh, as you love dancing, I didn't get the impression that uh, <laughs> that she was really into dancing before. It no. it sounded to me like this was just something that she was just happened to be doing, and uh, and I guess they're good at it. And <laughs> and since she's run away so many times since she was a kid, uh, and this is just one uh, on. Of many uh, a different, uh, different like things Bars. she's just done, uh, uh things yeah. she's done in the time that uh, the times that she's run away, and when uh, and when she's done with this area, she's probably not going to be dancing anymore. Is I uh, how I would have ta- uh, took it. Yeah, they they could have set it up like when the camera was panning across the crowd um, at the very beginning and giving us kind of an establishing shot of, okay, this is where this episode takes place and it shows the whole bar. When going through that crowd, if they had put a little bit more time toward everybody just stopping and making room for this couple and being like, oh, damn, they they really got some great moves and just the whole crowd goes silent and then just aurorous applause, that would be enough to maybe show us but i couldn't have picked her out of that crowd until we had like the one-on-one talk with david i was like oh is that her okay (laughs) you know oh again i said uh said i I really liked this episode but i'm not gonna deny there's a lot of problems this episode uh, uh, like uh, like you know uh, uh, i think it's dumb that uh that david decided to work at a place like this with his problem (laughs) 
I wrote that down too. I was like, a busboy at a disco club. You're not even concerned a little bit with keeping the Hulk in. You know, know, maybe uh, maybe I'm uh, I'm just a little biased because I hate crowds, but uh, uh, but I I can't imagine if you haven't have a problem where you can get into uh, um having a a monster come out from anger and buddy to be somewhere with crowds constantly yeah. being loud and ironically the you know if this was a more realistic disco club um cocaine would be the <laughs> addiction that everybody was probably sneaking uh in the club clearly they didn't go that route probably for the type of network that they were airing on mm-hmm. and the time and that it was coming out but yeah that place would be packed to the gills and him being at their mercy as a busboy like was he a bartender too i saw him spending yeah he was uh yeah i think he was uh, doing both um it kind of seemed to me like everyone who was working there was doing both yeah 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 it was it was hard to gauge who these other guys were uh some of the villains here was like one was a bouncer the guy with the handcuffs i guess uh one was like the manager who was the blonde guy that was like Oh, somebody ratted us out. Did he work there as well? There was um, a guy who was, like talking to Ernie. I want to say it was the club manager. I mean, uh, could that uh, so either that's the um guy with the gun, uh, on, or the uh, or um the alcohol inspector that they paid off. Okay, it was the alcohol inspector. That's what I was thinking. I thought he was part of the crew. I clearly was yeah. just looking looking down, taking notes at that point. <laughs> Didn't catch you that man once. <laughs> But I yeah, feel like, um, to be honest, if uh, if David could recognize Alice from when she was a little girl, she probably would recognize him. And uh, I am, and so in this situation, he should. Uh, it probably was not the best idea to stay there. Uh, there, and he should have wanted to leave immediately. I would think. I understand um, he's trying to be a hero, but the uh, alcohol kills a lot him. of brain cells. If she's been drinking since she was thirteen, yeah. she may not have the best memory. Well, it could be that simple as that, but at the same time, I wasn't clear what their relation was. Was he like a in-law, like, like an a, uncle through I marriage like or a, something? I was thinking like maybe a babysitter or something. Yeah, that maybe, was not super was clear. <laughs> it, it, and to be honest, I find it funny how David just looks exactly the same when she he's a kid as he does <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, after the first shot, I was like, "Is this supposed to be a past season?" We had, like, is did this happen in season one? I don't, I couldn't remember any little girls, so I was like, "No, this is much further back." Yeah, and uh, it was yeah, said it, to be like that. I think ten years ago or something. Yeah, it. Yeah. I was shocked to see that she did not recognize him as well. But then it just made me think, like, okay, how often did she meet with this guy to read Alice? Like it just seemed like the one time under the tree. Maybe it was just a one time occurrence. If, if that were the case. It'd... She has really made Alice a, a big part of her personality for having ever signed that she experienced one time. Well, she was talking about her, someone would gift them. Was it David that gave her the book? Yeah, I believe that was, uh, it was supposed to be David. Uh, and then was... she said she had many books after that of Alice. And I was just like, did he give them all to her? Um, but yeah, it like started her on a path where she was obsessed uh-huh. with Alice afterwards. Um, I think that's uh, I think something like that is uh, um, when, 
when Louie, her boyfriend, strolls over to the bar, sees uh, he's just like, uh, that's my old lady or whatever, and says, you got it, Jack? I wanted David so badly to be like, no, I'm David. Jack's the character we haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> oh, but uh, I, uh, her boyfriend, uh, Louis, I really hated that guy. Uh, I, oh, he's yeah. the worst. <laughs> I thought it was very funny to me. The like she'd already figured him out that he was manipulative and that he was being, you know, had his ulterior motive because he wouldn't shut up about how much money they were going to make. But at the same time, he's still going through the door. He's yelling, She loves me. She can't help herself. And I'm like, You just closed the door. She's on the other side. <laughs> it's just, uh, uh, just that guy uh... was a tool. Oh yeah, and and uh, but I did like when uh, like when she mockingly actually uh, said he loves me uh, 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 the same way that he would say to, uh, yeah. about her. I thought that I also, was funny. I also love the fact that Louis was teamed up with Jack McGee for the majority of the time that he was so, on screen because Jack, you can even tell, didn't like this guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, Jack, like, oh, Jack. I don't want to. Yeah, I, yeah, like, I don't want to associate I, with this man. I thought it was really interesting thing Jack began this episode the uh, ode, um particularly because he uh, like has one we uh, like in the past I don't think they've been uh, they've been this open about using the name Hulk and he mm-hmm. particularly was like a uh, uh, he particularly a uh, asked uh, asked um uh, Louis but uh, he's like like I want to talk to her about uh, her experience with the Hulk. And yeah, and Louis and Louis also says uh, as Hulk, and I think that's uh, I, it's interesting because that uh, that shows they're uh, that both they're getting a little bit more comfortable with the fact that this is a comic book show, but also the uh, also um I guess it makes it uh, a show that it's become more of an open thing that Hulk does exist in this world. Yeah. Oh, uh, and. But that's not the only thing about Jack in this episode that I found interesting, uh, and and really gives another level to his character uh, and shows that he's not just trying to be the bad guy. He's uh, because he said that he has nightmares about the Hulk and that uh, and and he the only way to forget about them was to talk to somebody. Yeah, and he wants uh, and he, he wants to help people to her. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to help yeah, I people. I felt very what... much that Jack, especially next to Louis, this entire episode did come off as another another hero because they would put they'd compare him to Louis all the time. Uh, she would say something like that, and and I think Louis was also making remarks about Jack just wants a story, um, but Louis just wanted money, and Jack uh-huh. really didn't seem all that persistent. He really just kind of seemed like he wanted to stick around to keep an eye on Louis because Louis was being so sneak, so gross. Um, yeah. yeah. It, oh, I th- uh, I I bet like when they're in the apartment, that that's probably exactly what he was uh, was doing. Because he has no reason to actually be looking through the stuff because it makes they would have nothing to do with uh, with her experience with the Hulk. Uh, so I think he was just using that as an excuse uh, to be able to be there and watch to make sure he's uh, like or yeah. Louis doesn't do something awful. Um. Uh, yeah, I think I I think that's a uh, it's a really cool thing that they added that layer to Jack's character and helps it it makes it so we can see him as more than just this uh, uh just this 
um evil reporter trying to get a story mm -hmm. yeah he's they added some depth to him for sure with, uh, with this episode that's why i want to see more of him going forward and see if he oh, ends yeah. up maybe on on david's side in some at some point or will he always be there to try and like you know scare him off um to yeah. the next episode um i think uh, to be honest this is one episode where i feel like it would have been better if there was no hulk in it at all i mm -hmm. i think it would have been uh, i think this is one uh, time where it could really give uh, if David his chance to shine as a hero and uh arrow in like moments like uh I the first time when Hulk uh I hawks out in the episode, I think that could be more impactful if it were David that went up there uh, uh there completely not and it never ended up being he got angry and became Hulk uh uh yeah. Um, especially when he when he bursts through that billboard that she's standing up on like he was like if he was one inch to his right coming through that billboard he would have just ended up shoving her up i'm surprised she didn't get startled and slip you know with, with how yeah. he blasted through that thing I think, but no I, you're i think you're right there was not a lot of necessity for hulk to be in this episode as much as david but at the same time i love it was a really, it was a really weird moment the second time he turned into Hulk and he came up to the dance floor and he kind of mm. towered over her and this yeah. menacing kind of music played, but that mixed with the line at the very end about the unicorn, I was like, that's dope because she stood before the unicorn and the unicorn said, "If you believe in me, I'll believe in you," and that was like, oh, yeah, nice. the Hulk is this majestic creature and compared to a unicorn, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's really cool. Um. The uh, I think uh, I think it did make sense in the uh, for the second Hulk out to happen, but it uh, happened just because uh, uh, because uh, odds of uh, odds he uh, David was captured, but yeah, particularly that first yeah. one, I think it would have been uh, it would have been so much uh, much more interesting if it, if David actually got to be up there and do uh, and talk her down instead of just uh, instead of yeah. Hulk just uh, is picking her up. Yeah, no, um, I think you're right. I uh, I really liked the when they were uh when we had the big uh, egg um dance sequence at the end where uh, uh um because did you notice the song that was playing as they were dancing? <laughs> yeah, their song was the the whole theme. Was, was yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, it definitely <laughs> felt <laughs> it, yeah, it definitely felt like they they did a remix of the theme by uh, aim with a uh, the, a disco flare. I thought that was really cool. That was really funny. Yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, we're doing this. That's <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> My a laugh out moment this episode, which was not, I don't think, intended at all to be funny. Um, the AA meeting, the leader at the AA meeting turns to her and says. How old would you think I am? And she says, 35. She says, I'll be 26 next oh, month. Man. I will be and my wife both died laughing at that moment because this woman is clearly 40. Yeah, I was like, I'll... I was, yeah, at that moment, I was like, there's no way. You're, I know alcoholism does uh, us yeah, yeah. your body, but no. It doesn't make you uh, make you age that fast, <laughs> and and that convincingly. You know what I mean. That that is a clearly a whatever. <laughs> she's 
a gorgeous 40 year old woman but she's clearly a 40 year old woman and katie <laughs> yeah. was saying katie was katie was like uh 35 was a kind guess yeah the, <laughs> the, yeah alice's like, guess of 35 was like no i would say 40 or 45 <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was really. But at the same time, that's the fun part of how alcohol episodes would tackle things before people knew as much as they do now yeah. about them. So it's like the realism is the one thing missing from old like mm-hmm. message episodes like that, where it's like, oh, it, right. you know, we have I to think... have a don't drink episode. <laughs> Kids and, might be watching. You know, I think. It, uh, I think. I, I think. You know, uh, um, lately, uh, lately with present day a um Marvel stuff, we uh, we always hear p- uh, people being like, things need to be lasting longer. The along uh, with the shows, and I think, uh, I think more than I feel like with any of these uh present day shows, I would say for uh for some of these episodes of the seventies Hulk with uh all, like ones where they deal with alcoholism. Or the one where they de- uh, dealt with the abusive father. That are mm-hmm. those are one of things particularly that I'm like they need more time. Uh, I'm to spend on these yeah. things because, uh, because these are not situations that can be uh, uh, that can be fixed in a day. Yeah, yeah. The, the the best the best representations in art and film and television of things like alcohol addiction or drug addiction are ones that are shown in a full movie length uh mm. you know high highly focused on that and having a big big character uh betray it the great actor usually um but mm-hmm. yeah over and over and over again it's almost it's almost like i think i think certain networks were always pressured into certain messages in their programming based on the demographics that they get back like feedback from so they'd figure out okay families are watching this kids are watching that we have to have these certain things addressed and the, the families will thank us and people will keep watching mm-hmm. and tuning in so it, it's, it's so it's so rushed but it felt forced every time you know uh, it, it's very interesting to me uh seeing old things like that because i would have thought something like that would make more sense uh, and for a um company that want to do maybe 90s or early 2000s not uh, uh not the 70s because i think back in the 70s there were a lot uh, uh there, there were it was a lot less like not frowned upon but uh, like uh but just like they understood a lot less that these are uh, uh these are things that do have a negative effect on your body and uh, i like and so you'd have a lot more alcohol commercials on tv and uh a, and i would think uh, i think a a studio would be like yeah i don't want to do an episode like that because uh because uh, then our our people who are are doing ads uh, uh that we get ads from won't want to do ads on our shows i would think yeah oh uh, and i think it kind of it, it goes back and forth sometimes i think some decades are a result of okay this this de- decade is a little bit more loose and debaucherous as far as their their values and how strict they are uh, implementing them and then and then as a reaction to that it goes the other way for a while and then as a reaction to that and being like okay stop handling me with kid gloves it goes back the other way <laughs> so it's it's kind of a i think it swings back and forth mm. like a pendulum sometimes when it comes Makes to programming sense. like the 80s was like the one of the when the top when the top 
uh, sitcoms are ones that are as safe as the Cosby show. Like that's the number one show. That was the number one show at the time. That was one of the cleanest humor sitcoms that you could mm-hmm. find to sit down and watch. Uh, oh. So, and then the very next decade, like the top top sit- sitcom is, I don't know, they pick anything. Knock on the middle, friends. Like it's just well, like things well, that are a little bit was safe and family oriented. Malcolm and Mel definitely was uh, was two thousand and uh, like, wasn't the Cosby show the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would, uh, I would think, uh, I would definitely. I understand where you're coming from. Um, my first thought when you were saying that is, you go from uh, um the super clean uh comedy to sign like uh like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air in the '90s, where it goes yeah. into re some really uh, a serious Heavy subject. Stuff. Yeah, and, and they deal with, with it in such beautiful <laughs> ways. They do, yeah. Fresh Prince is pretty legendary for that. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. Oh. Uh. Uh. uh, t- uh two things that I, I I particularly noticed in the episode. I thought I found funny. Uh, yeah. uh One. No. Uh, also from the uh, the AI seed. Uh. I mean, when they uh with after Alice actually like tells them uh Alice um she's an alcoholic. I kind of found it uh, uh creepy how in unison they were like, "Hi, Alice." <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like yeah yeah it's, it's just like it is creepy so um, in unison <laughs> this I doesn't have to feel like a cult <laughs> yeah that's how you scare someone out back right back out the door at AA. um uh, speaking that and, way i agree it's always then, in that like i remember old tv shows and movies anytime there was any portrayal of an aa group it's always hi blah blah and it's like is that still common was it ever <laughs> in a real <laughs> aa meeting i don't know Oh, but uh, yeah, and the other thing was uh, I, I, when Hulk breaks out of the club at, at the end, and he's running down the street. He sees uh, he sees Jack McGee, and he puts his hands up in the air like, uh, uh, air, uh, yeah. like, hey, dude! And as he runs, <laughs> and, uh, and that's when da- uh, when um Jack McGee notices him. <laughs> uh, yeah. He gives him like a little snarl and like, like oh hey, bye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was I love, really funny. I love the way he turned into Hulk at the end. He got himself off the chair when he's cuffed to the chair. As David, he didn't need Hulk's help. But then he was like running out of ways to aggravate himself. So he climbed up climbed on some boxes full of bottles. And took a tumble until he was Hulk. Was he, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what was the fuck is he doing? <laughs> was he trying to aggravate himself it's, in that moment? I, I, I don't know. It just looked so clumsy watching him like cuffed, handcuffed, and like trying to crawl like a worm over a bunch of boxes oh, yeah. that led nowhere. Was he going to a vent? Was he trying to escape know. through the ceiling? <laughs> I feel like it'd <laughs> be hard to get into a vent while you have handcuffs on your hands. Exactly. How are you gonna even open that? <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Oh, but uh, and um, I think what else is there uh, about this episode to talk about? Um, there's a nice shot of uh just some some clever blocking when he's helping, um. Alice, uh, I think they're at like a park bench or something, and he's saying, "Why don't you come with me? I have someone you should meet." Obviously, talking about the AA counselor. Um, the 
he stands up out of frame and he puts his hand out for her to grab and, and help her up from the bench. And when she puts her hand on his, she looks at the ring. That's her mom's ring. And like, she's, you know, stole from her mom and runs away all the time and whatever. Her mom's got all these jewels. And it just, to me, looked like a nice little symbolic moment where she kind of stares at the ring for a second and thinks, you know, maybe I should, you know, be better or think, do it, do it for mom. If not to not be like mom, uh, or yeah, I just thought it was a, a cute uh, way yeah, to no, that's really that. nice. Uh, I um oh I I think it's a, uh, I I think sad. You've always find uh, I'm cool with this show is the uh is it's uh, you can see that they are actually are filming in real areas like when they uh, like when they're outside with the uh, I um you see uh, I they're jack mcgee and louie they're crossing the street and immediately afterwards there are just cars going uh, uh going past mm-hmm. so it is it's definitely not just a set it is uh is they're actually filming out in wherever they're uh, uh wherever this episode's taking place or something yeah which i think is cool yeah i like that too and anytime that um like they do some really clever editing sometimes with big like arenas and, and big groups of people but they yeah they do do a good job of uh of making it feel like real world and get those shots out on location it's, it's nice i think the nice only touch. time the only time where i felt i found it um funny and obvious that they're not doing that uh that was when they were doing the hawaii episode and I could recognize that the eyes uh, that the highway they were on is a highway right by uh, I Los Angeles, not <laughs> not <laughs> um Hawaii. And the only reason I uh, I knew that that was uh, uh, that was a highway outside of Los Angeles. I've never been to Los Angeles in my life. It's right. simply because of playing GTA Five. <laughs> wow, you've you've gained so much geography from uh because from that game. <laughs> it's funny it's funny it's just like i feel like i recognize that highway that uh highway and even though gta5 it's not uh it's not technically los angeles but it uh, uh yeah, it's yeah. los santos but they're uh but it's very obviously based off of los angeles yeah yeah, yeah oh, like those, those games go into some serious details <laughs> well done I love uh, that they ended the the episode off the way they did with that uh, that unicorn quote. Um, it made me want to read the Alice books with, with how well it uh, it suited. Yeah, what happened? <clears throat> and one thing, so I don't know if this is actually true. This is a sign that my uh, my dad uh, used to tell us as his whole reason why we weren't allowed to watch uh, Alice in Wonderland growing up. Um, but he said that, uh, he said that, uh, at, um, Lewis Carroll, uh, oh, I, I, I think that might be wrong. The, the, the author of, uh, yeah. of Alice in Wonderland, uh, he always told us that, uh, that author was an alcoholic and that he, and that this was all like hallucinations or something. And it was, uh, I, I, and that there was some like deep thing about this, and, and he uh, he always told us, "You're not allowed to watch the uh, those because of it." Uh, it, the, uh, uh, it, which is a really weird reason for saying the uh, kids can't watch Alice in Wonderland, but uh, 
Uh, if that is true, then I think it's very interesting that they uh, uh, that they used Alice in Wonderland as a uh, as a 100%. connection for this episode. If the uh, a author had a uh, author was dealing with a lot of alcoholism while he was writing those books. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of feel it when you watch even just the cartoon of Alice in Wonderland. Like a lot of things have to do with substance abuse, what effects of certain things when you take them. Um, and he, yeah, he did. He was famously uh, quite the drinker, uh, similar to Hemingway, um, and would do things like absinthe with laudanum as well, which is an even harsher combination. Um, but, you know, a way to uh, mm -hmm. chase the chase the white rabbit, sort of, so to say. <laughs> But uh, uh, it, you know, it's weird. Uh, it's weird that he uh, that my dad he he didn't want us watching stuff like Alice in Wonderland because of that. Yeah, but he was absolutely willing to let us drink as children. Well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> he like what? That's a little backwards. <laughs> Maybe he thought it without the without the influence of Lewis Carroll, they uh, they'll be fine. Everyone will be fine, <laughs> and you'll never drink too much if you don't read Alice in Wonderland. Watch oh, it. yeah. Oh. Logic. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want uh, to talk about with this episode? I'm so glad that Jack McGee was in this episode as much as he was. I thought it was an awesome new portrayal for him, um, rather than just being there, you know, showing up at the end of Pokeroo for anybody who ever watched that growing up and Pokeroo would always be gone by the time you get there yeah. and ah, missed him again. And that's his whole plot line. It's been the, for most of season one, we've seen Jack McGee just show up at the end and go, dang, missed him. <laughs> um, but now it's like, uh, oh, we actually get to see another side of him. I really enjoyed oh, that. Yeah. And uh, as the, as for the rest of the episode, I, I love a good boogie and a light uh, show and a cool light up dance floor. Kick ass <laughs> episode. You know, uh, you talk about like wanting more of Jack McGee. The, it sounds like uh, I, um, the episode after the two that we're uh, we're um recording today, which if anyone's listening, yeah, we're we're recording multiple <laughs> episodes today. But the uh, uh the episode after that, uh, season two, episode nine, is called "Stop the Presses," and is uh and it is about uh so it's uh, the plot says David is washing dishes at Bruno's restaurant, whose owners are are being targeted by a sleazy journalist from the National Register. When Banner's picture is taken, he has to break into the building where Jack McGee works to get it back. Ooh. Which that sounds like that could be an interesting episode. That does. It sounds like a keeper. That's cool. Uh, Heist episode. I like it. Uh, well, uh, uh, I think there's anything else really to say about this episode. So I'm going to start winding down this, uh, this review. Um... Is there anything you would like me to say in an announcer voice? <laughs> Ooh, um, oh, I got something. Hang on. I wrote all my notes for this episode on, on a notepad for a change instead of Google Docs. Okay. You should say. Uh, oh, I'll type it. Hang on. Looks for very good radio. Okay. Shake it. All right. Ready? All say right. this. Shake it. Shake it. Hey, don't break it. And if you can't shake it, fake it. <laughs> nice. Well done. Uh, all right. So, no, uh, that was great. Uh, I, um, 
Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you like this gamma analysis, please give a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. I'd love to hear your thoughts in the episode, so please let me know. And if you'd like to listen to more from me, please subscribe. Many more gamma analysis from me coming, so keep on the lookout. This, again, is your host, Mastroia John, signing off.